as a parent, you know parenthood throws you a lot of scenarios and there's no way to prepare for every single one of them. And you may know deep down that you're not the perfect parent, as much as you'd like to be and as much as you try. Your children's friends' parents seem to have it all together, but I want to share a little secret with you. There are no perfect parents in this world anyway. Today we'll be talking with Dave and Ann Wilson. We're going to ditch some expectations, embrace reality, and discover the one secret that will change your parenting. That's next on Licensed to Parent. Hi, I'm glad you've joined us for another episode of Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. Shepherds Hill is a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. Our host is the founder and executive director of Shepherds Hill, Trace Embry. Trace is also the author of the book, The Miracles of Shepherds Hill. And I'm Michelle Hill. Our goal, Unlicensed to Parent, is to take what we're learning each day at Shepherds Hill and share it with you so that you can be better prepared to raise your kids in a way that honors God. You know, Trace, along with the healing, the transformation, and the restoration for their troubled teenagers, hurting moms and dads are coming from all across America, in fact, the world, expecting your team at Shepherds Hill Academy to help them become more effective parents. Yet, there's one thing that all of these parents have had to come to grips with, and it's that there really are no perfect parents. Is that right? <laughs> well, let me push back on that statement just a little because there is actually one perfect parent. And as you've already mentioned, uh, he really is out of this world. He's our heavenly father. And look what his first two kids did. So when parents bring their kids to Shepherd's Hill, they're often riddled with guilt. So I have to remind them of this because though far from being perfect themselves, most of these parents really didn't do much to cause their kids to go off the deep end, except for maybe raising them in our toxic American culture. And, and there's no idiot-proof way of getting around that. Uh, I also have to remind these parents that, you know, they're putting their kids in the hands of other imperfect people when they bring them to Shepherd's Hill. Many mm. of them imperfect parents themselves, including me. Uh, we just happen to be assigned this mission by that one perfect parent. And he only has a pool of other imperfect human beings to do his bidding. You know, if, if you need evidence that I'm not the perfect parent, all you got to do is ask my wife and kids. I mean, you know my story, Michelle. I did not ask for this gig. I'm just a willing party to a very humbling mission and vision. In fact, you know, we're all here doing our best to do what we're told, basically. You're trying to keep our ears, hearts, and minds open to that one perfect parent. Well, Trace, I'm excited to introduce our guests today because I've had the honor to work with them for a short period of time and have gained much knowledge and insight from them. They are Dave and Ann Wilson, and... They are hosts of the radio program, Family Life Today. They are authors of Vertical Marriage and No Perfect Parents. Dave was chaplain for the Detroit Lions, and together they have co-founded a large church in the Detroit area, Kensington Community Church. They've raised three sons and now are reaping the benefits of playing with their grandbabies. And it's great to have the Wilsons with us today. Dave and Ann, welcome to the Licensed to Parent broadcast. Thank you, Trace and Michelle. It's great to be here. So fun to be with you both. Well, listen, let's start off with Dave. Dave, you, you seem to have, uh, you know, you've come from the uh, similar background as I did. Uh, 
Can you share a little bit about that experience and you know how growing up in dysfunction and trauma as a kid doesn't necessarily mean you're doomed to perpetuate that dysfunction when starting a family of your own? Yeah, I mean, uh, I didn't know that when Ann and I first got married, but uh, you know, I came from two alcoholic parents, uh, adultery. My dad had girlfriends. He was an airline pilot. He would take me as a little boy on trips with his girlfriends when he's still married to my mom. Uh, when I was seven years old, they divorced. I moved with my mom to another state, and she raised me as a single mom. Add another trauma to that with the, about two months later after the divorce, my little brother, who was five and a half years old, died of leukemia. And mm-hmm. we started our life, you know, off, you know, from that moment on. I really did, only saw my dad for a couple days a year. Uh, so when I got married, Ouch. boy, oh boy, I thought, you know, I was sort of doomed to uh, continue the legacy of divorce that was handed to me. And um, through the power of uh, a relationship with Christ and the Holy Spirit's power in my life, God has worked. Uh, we are definitely still imperfect. <laughs> we are following the perfect father, Jesus himself. Um, but God has enabled us to change that legacy into a different legacy, not a perfect one, but a better one. Well, you did what God can do, and that, and it probably did through you. Was turned uh, tragedy into triumph, and uh, took that dysfunction and, and and probably something deep in your soul said, "This isn't how it's done." And uh, c- can you give us some background about your upbringing? Yeah, I have um, parents. Actually, my parents both passed away in the last two years, but they were married seventy years. I have three siblings, um, and on the outside, we look great. And I feel like we had a good family. We had good communication, conflict, although we were, I grew up in a family that they were not believers. So I had never heard the gospel in my Mm -hmm. life. I also had sexual abuse in my background that went on for a while. But you know, as a kid, when you grow up in that, you don't really know the effects that it will have on you later. And so when I gave my life to Jesus as a 16-year-old, I just thought, well, that's in the past. I'm sure Jesus will heal that, not realizing the effects that that would have on our marriage. Mm -hmm. And we struggled in our marriage. And we were surprised by that because we thought, oh, Jesus Mm -hmm. made us new creatures. Why do we still keep failing and keep living out these things we don't wanna live? It's because she was married to me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was the problem. <laughs> I was too. Well, and now you two problems are actually what m- most people would consider <laughs> parenting experts in a nationally syndicated radio program. <laughs> and I think that's uh, that's amazing. And, you know, I, I have a book called The Miracles of Shepherd Till, and, and it sounds like a situation with you guys as well. Uh, God has, has taken that and, and worked miracles with it. Uh, chaplain for the Detroit Lions. Uh, that's, you know, that's uh, one of those Cinderella stories. Um so I, the question I need to ask uh, whoever wants to take the question is, what is that one secret that, uh, to parenting that uh, everyone should really know about that really shouldn't be a secret? Well, I mean, it sounds like a pat answer, but really it's a relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, mom and dad uh, trying to follow him and parent their sons and daughters according to his word. And so really Jesus is the secret. Uh, we also had a sort of a nuance to that. And the secret was a plan, like most parents, and we were this way as well as young parents, don't really have a 
mission or a, or a goal. We call it a bullseye in the book of yeah. what is it we hope our sons or daughters will be when they are adult men and women. What is the bullseye or the target we are hoping to shoot for as we raise them? And again, that really for us came from the Word of God and gave us a vision for what a man or a woman would look like that is uh, following Christ as an adult. And you guys, I thought it was interesting too, even as we were talking to parents through the years, even before we wrote the book, I remember being with a group of moms, pastor's wives, all kinds of moms in different stages of our lives. And I asked the question, what do you guys hope for your kids? Like, what do you want for them? And I would say 95% of the time, the answer was, I just want them to be happy. And you know, which that's not a bad answer. Of course, we all want our kids to be happy, but we just had this feeling, oh, happiness is so fleeting and circumstantial apart Mm -hmm. from Christ. And so, you know, Mm -hmm. there's so much more that I want for our kids and sometimes happiness, like especially in the culture we're we're living in right now, the circumstances are really hard. And so how do we get that? And how far were you into your journey of parenting before you really discovered that happiness was not the secret to parenting. <laughs> I think we learned that lesson through our marriage because when we got married, mm. our, our mission together, we're like we're gonna change the world for Jesus. We're mm-hmm. gonna mark, you know, we're gonna mark our territory or where we walk for the kingdom of God and for Jesus. And then slowly my eyes started to kind of veer off of Jesus and on to Dave, and I start thinking, wait, he's he's not doing his part in our marriage. And you guys, I think that happened so subtly that mm-hmm. now my eyes were on Dave hoping that he would make me happy. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. I feel like I made my marriage and my husband my idol. And so... Wow. Then, I mean, that just took us on this, that's why we wrote our book, Vertical Marriage, because we were really at a crisis. So then when we came into parenting, I realized, okay, happiness is not the goal. Just because I thought make being married would make me happy, and I've realized it's just perfected me to be more like Jesus because it breaks you down in some ways. <laughs> and parenting can do the same thing. It can show you your own flaws. And so I think that continual surrender to Jesus is the thing that brings me joy. And I knew that that's what would bring our kids joy too. Yeah, and there's a big difference between joy and happiness. You know, we tell our kids mm-hmm. here uh, and, our, and our parents, because that's the first thing the parents tell me when they, when they bring a, a kid here to Shepherd's Hill is, I just want Junior happy. He's the most important thing in my life. I said, well, there's two problems right there. Uh, one, happiness is contingent upon happenings. Joy transcends it. I have a son buried at the foot of the cross here on Shepherd's Hill. I went to his funeral not happy. I, I never lost my joy. Um, but I've told my kids growing up, you know, you're in a, a five-way tie for, for third in my life. I'm glad mom has another man in, in her life. His name is Jesus Christ. Uh, I can love her better being second in my life. You guys are third, and I've told them this, and they're happy with it. When I tell, when I say, if you and mom are drowning in a lake, and I can only rescue one of one of you guys, I'm going after mom. She was here before you got here. She'll be here when you leave. I'm going after her. They're good with that. And and if we if we make our our kids or or even our spouse, uh, you know, the most important thing in our life, and we don't get that you know, God's ecosystem right, you know, the pecking or the hierarchy right, then we've effectively made an idol either out of our kids or out of our spouse, and God's not having it. And uh, Mm -hmm. 
uh, w- once they're here with us for a while and they, they start to understand these things, it really does iron, iron a lot of things out for them. But uh, you, you guys talked about making some mistakes. Uh, uh, Dave, I think it was you, said uh, uh, you made five parenting mistakes. I, I think we've all been guilty of these at one time or another. Can you share those with us? Wait, wait, only five? <laughs> I was going to say, it could have been 50. <laughs> we at didn't least 50. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, one of the things, you mentioned it earlier too, one of the things we did in the book is we had our three sons write in the book because mm. we figured parents will probably read what they wrote before they read what we wrote because, you know, the kids are going to be honest and tell you mm-hmm. the, you know, the real happenings in the Wilson household. Um so I could, I mean, I could go through any of them. I think one of the biggest ones for me uh, really came down to a conversation I had with two of my adult sons. I mean, the, they're now 36, 34, and 31. So this was probably seven, eight, nine years ago. Uh, two of my sons, literally, when we were having lunch one day, just looked at me and said, Dad, uh, we want to tell you something. And, you know... Every adult parent knows when your kids become adults, you have some interesting conversations. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, because there's some hurts that, you know, I had these with my parents. And yep. one of the things they said was they felt like I was more intimate with our congregation uh, than I was with them. And I mean, and I was like, Ooh. what do you mean? And they's like, well, you know, we'd be Oops. sitting there at church on Sunday and you'd be telling a story in your sermon that was pretty vulnerable and honest and intimate and transparent. And, you know, thousands of people are listening to this story and we would turn to each other and go, have you ever heard about this? And neither one of us, you'd never told us that. So it felt like to us, like the congregation was more important to you than we were. Mm. And I, and I tell you, when they said that, I knew the second it came out of their mouth, they were right. Conviction. You know, I, I wasn't defensive at all. I was like, I am so sorry. And so one of my mistakes, I think, was, you know, I put my job in front of my family. I put my the people of our church as almost more important disciples than the disciples that God had put right mm-hmm. under my own mm-hmm. roof yep. and shared more of my life with them than I did with my wife and my own boys. So that... I mean, the good thing is I'm not dead, and I can I can do better. But that was that was a that was a big mistake. A wake up call, huh? Yeah, I love Dave's attitude. I I think this is one of the things I admire about him that when and this happens to everybody. I feel like I think it's a healthy thing when our kids can come and say things to us. No doubt. But but when Dave hears this stuff from him, I'm always amazed that he doesn't get angry. He, he says this. Oh, I've gotten angry at times. Well, you don't show it. I'm not <laughs> impressed by it, but it'll say, tell me more. What do you mean, tell me yeah. more? Which I think that's so commendable. Absolutely. Our guests today on Licensed to Parent are Dave and Ann Wilson. Dave and Ann are the hosts of the radio program Family Life Today. Trace Ambry and I will be back with the Wilsons right after this. Hi folks, Trace Embry here, host of the Licensed to Parent broadcast and founder of Shepherd's Hill Academy. We've all heard about modern day miracles, mostly from mission fields. Frankly, I believed about half of them and experienced none of them until about 30 years ago when Christ truly became the Lord of my life. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill is a book that wasn't written as much as it was recorded. It's the true story of how God used a handshake, 
my family's last $200, and our 30-year odyssey of bumper-to-bumper miracles to acquire a 60-acre farm that was used by the devil and turned it into a 250-acre globally recognized healing ministry for God. I want all people to know that Jesus Christ is still in the miracle-working business for those submitted to His word, will, and way, and who properly understand what faith truly is. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill, an extraordinary odyssey of divine interventions by Trace Embry. Learn more at LicensedToParent.org. Your children are teens now. They're growing up and gaining independence. That's kind of the point of parenting, isn't it? You're raising future responsible adults, but they're not responsible adults yet. They may be able to do things on their own, but you still want to be able to contact them and you want to equip them for success. So you decide to get them a smartphone. But why a smartphone? For most people, that means 24-7 access to everything on the planet. And that's not wise, nor is it healthy. Digital addiction is prevalent these days. In fact, we see teens of all ages dealing with mental health and behavioral issues rooted in overuse of technology. Issues that affect health, wellness, ability to focus, performance in academics, and more. That's why at Licensed to Parent, we want you to choose a wise phone alternative instead of a smartphone. More information is available at LicensedToParent.org slash wisephone. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. Shepherds Hill is a one-year residential program for teens in crisis. And today we're helping you, the parent, realize that there are no perfect parents. So breathe and relax a little. Our guests today are Dave and Ann Wilson, and they've written the book, No Perfect Parents. So, uh, Ann, where's the line of demarcation between accepting the fact that you know, we aren't going to be the perfect parent and simply settling for standards that can easily lead to family dysfunction? Mm, that's a good question. I mean, I'm thinking, I think for Dave and I, there is this point, it's an everyday kind of surrender to God. Um, my alarm goes off on my phone beside my bed, and I've gotten into this habit of every time I turn off my alarm, I pray, and the prayer is, God, I give you today, I give you my life, I give you my mouth, my ears, my eyes, and help me um, to be led by your spirit today. And I, th- and I surrender my kids and my marriage to you as well. And I think that point of that surrender of my kids, and today I'm going to do, God, the best that I can do, and I'm going to fail probably over and over, mm-hmm. but I'm going to hand it to you, and I pray that you would use what happens for good. And if I mess up, Lord, I pray that you would intervene in that messing up and do something to draw our kids back to you. Because there mm-hmm. is like we are going to fail, but God is good. Yeah. He's with us. He's not surprised at our failings, and I, He loves our kids more than we do. And that's always really good to remember. Mm-hmm. Well, you've both shared uh, what some may refer to as skeletons in your closet. Uh, how does a parent know just how many of those skeletons need to be exposed to their kids? Can this ever you know, get unhealthy or, or, or counterproductive? Yeah, I mean, it's a, that's, a, I think, a question all parents ask. Uh, obviously, you don't want to share too much when they're little toddlers. You know, mm-hmm. you got to be age-appropriate. I know that when our boys became teenagers— 
I remember uh, sitting down with our youngest. So two of our sons were now in college. We had one more at home. He's probably a junior or senior in high school. And at the dinner table, he looks at us and he said, hey, did you guys have sex before marriage? Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, uh, we just looked at each other like, are we going to have that conversation? And it was exactly your question is like, uh, how honest should we be? Because we want, mm -hmm. you know, you don't want to share something like, oh, well, you know, you look fine. So I guess it wasn't that big a deal. Yeah. We decided to, you know, be honest and share the truth, which is we did uh, before we met each other and we're Christians. And then when we talked about the pain and the suffering and the wounds that came as a result of that and why God mm -hmm. says, this is something you protect and you put it in the covenant of marriage between a husband and a wife. It was actually a really good conversation. It's amazing how as parents, and I, I think you just get so busy with their activities, with what's going on in your daily lives, that your kids don't even know your conversion story, you know, and, yeah. and they need to hear our stories of how God has worked in our lives and what he's done to restore us. And so- yeah. I think that that's just a great dinner conversation of hearing one another's story of kind of like your book of the miracles that God has done. Mm. And what do you see happening to your kids as you're honest with them and as you're sharing these trip ups or as you're sharing what God has done? What do you see in your kids' lives through that? I, I think one of the things that has happened is that that coming back to us and asking us questions because they know we're not perfect they're more, they tend to tell us their stuff more. And I know that probably our, we were more open with our younger, feel like we became more and more open as our kids were getting older. And I think they realized like, well, mom and dad messed up. Um, so if I mess up, we can tell them. And they didn't, there were times that they did stuff and they got caught. Um, one of the things that happened, I shared this in the book, but we had a son, you know, you can tell when your kids aren't doing well spiritually and in every way. And we had a son that was just, I could tell of who he was hanging out with. I was praying more for him. I was worried about him. And I, he was getting ready to go to college. It was a senior year. Came into our bedroom and I said goodnight to him and told him I loved him. And, mm -hmm. and just that night, I just happened to grab him by the shoulders. You know, he was going to play college football. And I said, hey, I want you to know, like, I see the greatness in you. I said, I see that you're a leader. I see that when you talk, people are drawn to you. Like you're, you have such influence. I don't even know if you know that, but I think you're going to mark your, your team in football. I think you're going to really have an impact wherever you go. I think God has something remarkable in store for you. You know, and he guys kind of looked at me like, okay, whatever, mom, um, went to bed. And then he came back in our room five minutes later. And he was crying, you know, this big 18-year-old kid. I said, what happened? And he said, Mom, I am not that guy. That guy, that guy that you just said all those things to, you don't even know who I am, Mom. I got so wasted last weekend. That's who I am, and you don't even know it. And that's what he did. You know, and who he is. And that's what I said. I And it's that mm -hmm. moment in parenting that you think, don't freak out, you know, don't freak out. <laughs> and I grabbed him by the shoulders again. I looked him in the eye and I said, that's what you did last weekend. That's not mm -hmm. who you are. Because all those things that I said, that's your identity. That's who you are. You are, you are a child of the king. 
And so I think it's important for us. One of the mistakes I've made in parenting over the years is I get worried about my kids and I just try to fix all their problems when sometimes I just need to hear and to listen and to sit and to say what's happening in your life right now. Well, and I love that. It's That's such a beautiful thing is that you're open and honest with your kids. And because you were open and honest about your hangups, about where you were, it allowed them to trust you and feel like they could be open and honest with you and share. Yeah, mom and dad pitfalls. aren't mom and dad aren't perfect. They're not gods, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but how, how how can you help parents get past those feelings of maybe hypocrisy when you know when they have to steer their kids in a direction that you know maybe they violated themselves and you know they don't want to be uh, labeled a hypocrite. But Paul would have said, "Don't murder." Yet he was a murderer, right? <laughs> so. How do you get past those feelings? I mean, I, I, my first thought is uh, what you just said is we need to be renewed every single day ourselves as parents. We have to confess sin and, you know, walk as a new creation. We're still going to make mistakes. We're honest with our kids about I mean, they're they're seeing it anyway. They're, they're watching <laughs> us 24-7. Right. You know, I can get up on stage and say anything I want. They know the truth. It's happening in my home. And as they see us, I think, fall down and get back up, fall down and get back up. And repent and apologize to them as well. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think it's a model for them to say, okay, mom and dad aren't perfect, but they are walking with Jesus. And you can yeah. walk with Jesus in an imperfect way. And that, and you know, you sort of model what hopefully will be the way they're going to live as husbands, wives. And someday now, you know, two of our sons are now dads. So they're doing the same thing that we did mm-hmm. now with their kids. What is your number one advice or like your kids as they're raising this next generation? Well, our first advice is don't give them any advice unless they ask. <laughs> uh, smart men. We we have learned that one. I have so much good advice, too, and I have to keep it all to myself. <laughs> I mean, honestly, we I mean, one of our sons had a baby and was getting ready to give this little guy his first bath. Oh, yeah, and I was so excited because they didn't do it at the hospital, and I, we were there, and we was like, hey, I said, do you guys want me to help you, you know, do give him a bath? And my son said, no, we're fine. We'll just YouTube it. <laughs> it was so depressed. Oh, and he no. wasn't kidding either. He literally didn't want us to come over and help. Oh my um, so, I mean, I, honestly, that has been a tightrope to walk mm. as a grandparent is to, is to, they're adults. You know, it's a, what we call the fourth stage of parenting. They're a, it's adult to adult now. And yeah. so we don't give advice unless they ask. And there's sometimes they do ask. You know, we want to say, hey, you know what we do every day? We interview experts <laughs> on marriage and family and parenting. That's what we yeah. do. We've learned a little bit over the years, but they don't care. Um, yeah. No, I'm, I'm amazed at how stupid my adult kids think I am about raising kids. <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) Well, Dave and Ann, thank you so much for joining us today on Licensed to Parent. It has been a joy and so beneficial for parents who are listening to understand just that there are no perfect parents. So thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. you. Our guests today on Licensed to Parent have been Dave and Ann Wilson. Dave and Ann are the authors of the book, No Perfect Parents. You can connect with Dave and Ann at their website, DaveAndAnnWilson.com. That's Dave and Ann, spelled A-N-N, Wilson.com. Thanks for listening to Licensed to Parent. 
Licensed to Parent is an extension of Shepherds Hill Academy, our year-long Christ-centered wilderness-based residential program for troubled teens. You can learn more about this ministry to teens and their families at our website, licensedtoparent.org. Shepherds Hill Academy is expanding our campus and, well, we need your help. You know, a gift of any amount to Shepherds Hill brings hope and healing to families in crisis. And you can give securely online by clicking the donate button when you visit licensedtoparent.org. Thanks to our team for making today possible. Our producer is Rich Rosel. Carl Peets is our technical producer. For Trace Embry, I'm Michelle Hill, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your license to parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless. See you next time.